What is up, my crew? Welcome to day three of this special week of daily episodes here on the Nook Podcast. My name is Stephen Murphy, and I am so honored to have you listening today as we examine the final weeks and days of Jesus' time here on earth. Just for a quick recap, Monday we looked at the subtlety of Jesus mentioning the cross as a central piece on this timeline in Matthew 10.38. And then yesterday we talked about Jesus actually predicting his own death for the first time in Matthew 16.21. His disciple Peter didn't take too kindly to this prediction and pulled him aside to scold him about it. Jesus wasn't real keen on being scolded and called Peter out in front of the whole squad. Then he reminded them that if they wanted to be his followers, that they would each have to take up their own cross, a not-so-subtle way of telling them that death would also be an important piece on this timeline. Today, we're going to look at another instance of Jesus predicting his own death in Matthew chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. Uh, Quick side note before we dive into this, Um, I am a notebook freak, and maybe you're wondering why I'm telling you this. It's just a recommendation, Um, especially if you are just getting started in making regular Bible reading or study a new habit. Um, I'm a very tactile person, uh, so I love my real pages and leather-like cover of an actual Bible. So it's probably no surprise that I also love notebooks and pens. So if you're inclined Get a notebook and dedicate it to your Bible reading. Write down your thoughts, your prayers. Uh, Sometimes as I'm reading, I'll just write out entire sections longhand, uh, the the parts that I'm reading, because it really helps me remember that stuff. And if you've got any questions about this, you can email me and we can chat about that offline. My email address is always in the show notes. Okay, day three. Let's do this. Again, we are in Matthew chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. Jesus and the disciples are continuing their journey towards Jerusalem, and now they're in Galilee. He sums it up a little quicker this time, but his story remains the same. So, verses 22 and 23. After they gathered again in Galilee, Jesus told them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. And the disciples were filled with grief. What is worth pointing out here is that last line, And the disciples were filled with grief. I imagine that Peter was especially quiet this time, maybe not even wanting to make eye contact. Now, something that I tend to do when I'm reading the Bible is that I look for the verbs, because to me that that really tells me what was happening. And so the three verbs that I want to look at here are betrayed, killed, and raised. Now, betrayed is a new wrinkle, You remember before he had said most of this, but this time he's adding betrayed. 
And I, I can only imagine that that added a whole new level of angst for the disciples. Maybe now they're looking at each other a little bit sideways, thinking, who in the world is going to betray him? And then it says, killed again. I'm guessing that this is where their mind settled. Those first two verbs, betrayed and killed, it makes sense. I'm fairly certain that the question on everyone's mind is that if Jesus knows that such terrible things are going to happen to him in Jerusalem, then why are we going there? No matter how much the disciples or you and I might question why things had to go like this, the answer remains the same. Jesus knew what he came to earth to do. He knew the timeline. And he knew that this was exactly how it all had to go so that we would still be talking about it to this day. Maybe it's easy to see why they were filled with grief. All they could think about was this man whom they had left everything for being hurt and killed, so much so that they missed the but In verse 23, it says, But on the third day he will be raised from the dead. I am so thankful that I get to read this knowing how the story goes. And I hope you are too, even if you're just considering it for the first time. When I land on a couple of verses like this that have a lot of gravity, I I tend to do a few things and I wanted to share them with you today. The first is that I will read those verses in a couple of other translations. My everyday Bible is the New Living Translation, which I love. But then I'll also look them up in the ESV, the English Standard Version, and the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. And I've even started using a little bit of the Passion Translation, which is a a newer version, um, because I'm a bit of a word nerd. I appreciate reading different renditions of the same story. Um, I just find that the synonyms that are used from translation to translation just help me get a much clearer picture on what I'm reading. The next is context. And while, yes, we're focusing on these two verses right here, I like to, to back up a little bit to find out what led them to that point and also read what's just after. Um, this helps me understand where I am in a much bigger story. And then third, I'll deconstruct it a little bit. Look at some of the lines very literally. And in this instance, I'm trying to get an idea about time and distance, The Bible is awesome, but let's be honest, it doesn't paint a very clear picture of a definitive timeline. This is the second time that Jesus is predicting his own death, but we still don't know how far in advance he said it, just that the disciples were devastated in hearing it. What I can tell you is that because the text says that they were in Galilee, that's about 80 miles from Jerusalem. That's a hefty walk, even if you're a really fast walker. And if you read on, you'll find out that he's still in Galilee for the rest of this chapter and all of chapter 18. So I think we can assume that he and the disciples were going to be there for a little while before they continued on to Jerusalem. Why am I mentioning all this? 
Because what hits me here is that the disciples have now heard Jesus mention his pending beatdown and death twice. It's starting to sink in for them. But because there is still a lot of miles to walk to get to Jerusalem and Jesus is still doing what Jesus did, they just had to keep going with his murder ever present in their minds. I just don't think you could shake that. And this takes me back to Psalm 23. And one of the key lines, it's verse 4, says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. I'm reminded here that even when I'm walking through some really dark times, God is still with me and that I still have to keep walking. No one knows how long your toughest times will last, but if you know Jesus, he will walk every step with you. Your darkest days always seem to be the longest days, but as we learn to trust and depend on Jesus, we will get through them. I really hope that this encourages you today. No matter how dark your current journey may seem, lean into Jesus, maybe like never before. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, my email address is stephen at nookpodcast.com. That's stephen with a V at nookpodcast.com. I'd also love it if you got connected to some other amazing people on the Nook Facebook page. The address is facebook.com slash Nook. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope to catch you here again tomorrow as we continue this Easter week study here in the Nook.